Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. say there's nothing more attractive than tainted youth. Yes, I am indeed a pervert. Does that offend you? Nope. I think that most tainted youth end up being perverts. Good answer. Are you ready? Because it's time. The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour is on the air. Featuring the jack of all trades and master of none, Joel. Does anyone else smell fried chicken? Couldn't have picked a shorter podcast name. That's like a mouthful right there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, episode 173. I am your host, Joel, and yes, I feel like I'm having trouble hearing myself in my headphones for some reason. The sound is not coming through into them, so I'm not able to hear myself, which is a very weird sensation. Not to. Uh, but anyway, if you'd like to find me, you can find me on Facebook.com. Just look up Joel Happy Pants Hour. That's K-P-A-N-T-S. You can shoot me an email at joelhappypants at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at joelhappypants. 
And uh, this show is available weekly through iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and other fine podcasting directories, as well as poddirectory.com. And if you like the show, give me an iTunes review. haven't had one of those in a decade. It's been a while, actually. But anyway, I am on there, so look me up. I also do a couple of the shows, uh, 40 Going on 14, with my co-hosts Mike, Pat, and Josh, who I've known for well over 20 years, former roommates, former college buddies, etc. And we do a, a show that's kind of, a, I guess what I would call a nostalgia cast, where we get together and we talk about things then and now. Uh, this week we did a show all about Mr. John Cusack, uh, Chicago's native son and favorite of all of ours. So if you want to check that out, go to 40go14.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Blueberry, the the um, uh, Saturdays at noon on Geek Life Radio. I almost said our network we used to be a part of, but uh, that sadly came to an end. Um, but you can also shoot us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail at 708 now wrap That's 708-669-9727. And on Twitter at 40go14. Also, check out the Coffin Joe cast with my brother from another mother, Kilowoba. You can find that on iTunes, TalkShoe, Libsyn, and Stitcher. Uh, send us an email at coffinjoecast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Um, or you can also send us a voicemail at 661-434-5956. That's 661-434-KWJO. And uh, we just had our 100th episode uh, week before last. And I thought uh, since our first co-host was Scott the Pool Boy, our 100th co-host should be Scott the Pool Boy. So he was on, as always, good time. And this week, uh, last night actually, we had on Dennis from the Not Safe for Human Consumption podcast, as well as the Dream 2 Reality Network. And I'm suddenly drawing a blank on this other show. And I'm sorry, Dennis, I will have to look that up and mention it again another time but it's a really good time check it out and you can find out what other shows he's involved with on there so uh also check out my writings at creepercast.com that's a horror themed podcast and website uh which is currently down for uh what's the word i'm looking for it's being repaired uh it had a major fallout and things went everywhere so at the moment it is unavailable but it will be back soon. Uh, we got movie reviews. Uh, I write top 10 lists, uh, news articles, etc. It's all kinds of fun stuff. Did I just say etc., etc., etc.? One of my Yule Brenner and the King and I, apparently so. <laughs> all the music tonight is provided to us by the artists themselves. If you like what you hear, go uh, pick it up at your local record store or uh, order it directly from the artists themselves. Make sure you're supporting independent music and independent record stores as often as possible. Uh, check out my blog at a momentary lapse with joel.blogspot.com. That's the first place that is updated as soon as the show is available. So if you are somebody that is that anxious, then apparently you don't listen to other podcasts. But you can find it there, and it'll let you know as soon as it's up. Uh, also, check out my defunct comic strip, Gregory the Really Angry Robot. You can find that on Facebook.com. Just look up Gregory the Really Angry Robot. Makes sense, right? And uh, this week's musical artist is a feature. I decided... It was time to give these guys credit because I have not stopped listening to them for literally a month. Now, granted, I have interspersed the new Basement album, uh, Promise Everything, here and there. There's been a sprinkling of it. Every couple of days or so, I'll listen to the whole album, which is it's pretty short. So it's, uh, you know, on a ride to work, I can listen to almost the entire album. But um, the band that I'm talking about is Neck Deep. And I I have their other stuff. I've, I've picked it up and checked it out and... It's all right. You know, it's 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 decent. It's not as good as this album, though. Um, life's not out to get life's not out to get you as the album. And I played them before on the show, but I went back and I, I weld the album and pulled out the remaining cuts that I love, which is all of them. Basically, I think all but maybe like two have been played or will have been played on the show by the time this is all said and done. But. I don't know. It's just with things that are going on in my life on a personal level and the things that are just going on in my life in general and just good life advice on the whole, the whole, the whole album, I just said whole twice. It's not a double negative, but it's bad English. <laughs> the album is just amazing. Start to finish musically songwriting. Everything's there. They're a UK band. Uh, the guys in it are pretty young. So some of the stuff that they're talking about and singing about, is stuff that I, I myself didn't learn until I was a bit older. So it's it's coming from a, an old soul kind of place. But anyway, it's fun music. It's upbeat. It's in your face. There's a lot of swearing. It's just, 
it's just really great. And I, I literally cannot stop listening to it because they're just that good. Lots of nerd references, lots of self-deprecating you know, deprecating kind of humor. Like I said, lots of swearing and some really important life messages that I just, I think, don't get said enough. So uh, the first song we heard from them was called The Beach is for Lovers, Not, Not Lonely Losers, which is hard to say. And uh, the next I'm going to hear before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show um, is the song that really kind of, I mean, it wasn't the first song I heard, and it was by far not the uh, the song that I thought was going to be my favorite initially, but this one just speaks volumes to just living life. I mean, getting through the everyday and then also dealing with the things that are incredibly difficult, um, especially if you, you know, suffer from money problems or mental problems, or you have, uh, I don't know, issues with being abused or any of the things in this life that make it not want to be worth living or make it feel that way. This song really addresses them on the the whole, there I did it again, addresses them entirely in a very just straightforward, direct kind of way. And it just, for some reason, the song just speaks volumes to me. So um, the song is called Gold Steps. And when we come back, like I said, we'll get into the show. So here we go. by neck deep and i don't know perhaps you're not sold yet but if you've listened to the other stuff that i played which i played a couple other songs now i think three maybe total 
by the time we're done here with the six songs I picked out, I'm really hoping that you will have come around and, and be a fan like myself. But anyway, um, I guess we would classify them as pop punk, uh, which is not a term that I'm opposed to. I, I know if anybody's listened to this show long enough knows that I'm, I'm a big, big uh, hater of the word emo. I, I don't like it. I don't think it's legitimate. I don't think it is accurate. The emo movement that created the word is drastically different. And I know with any style of music, there's going to be shifts and phases and ebb and flow and all the stuff that goes on with with styles of music like ska has now had how many resurgences and every time it's a little different so i really i guess should kind of come off down my high horse because yeah anyway so pop punk very accurate it's fast it's in your face it's kind of snotty but it's got a great hook it's got a lot of really tight melodies and it just is something that is, you know, three minutes of perfection. You throw it on, you listen, you play it again. You just wash, repeat, rinse. I got those out of order. Apparently, I didn't read the label. But um, if you want to check them out, go to neckdeep.co. That's their website. They're from um, Wrexham, Wales in the UK. Uh, they've been active since 2012. They are currently on Hopeless Records, which is, if, if you're not familiar with Hopeless Records, then you should be because it's a hell of a record label that puts out a lot of really great stuff. But um, like I said, they're a Welsh band. Um, they formed in 2012 when the vocalist met the lead guitarist and they posted a song online under the name Neck Deep. Well, it gained attention pretty quickly. And soon they you know, added the rest of the, the rhythm section and another guitarist to kind of fill things out because they were becoming so popular from this one cut. So they went ahead, they released a couple of EPs, uh, Rain in July and History of Bad Decisions in 2012 and 13, respectively. I have both of them. They're solid. They're just a bit less polished, I think maybe is the word I'm looking for. A bit less focused, because by the time you know this album came around, they really found their sound and have honed their craft to the point where they can just you know do what they need to do and get it done, and it's just spot on but um after those two eps came out they signed on with hopeless records thank god because hopeless is amazing um in 2013 they released an album called wishful thinking which if you are a fan of the movie big starring tom hanks and robert loggia then uh, you will recognize on the cover it's got zoltar <laughs> and you may have seen the album cover because of zoltar but they even have a song in there about zoltar so they're very firmly have their tongue planted in their cheek and in uh, the history that's come before them, the nostalgia, the pop culture, all that stuff. And this album took a, a big step forward from the two EPs. And apparently I'm going to talk in an accent all of a sudden. I turned into, I don't know what the hell that accent is. Anyway, um, and it came out in 2014. And like I said, it's a big step forward. And it's it's a good record. I mean, I, I've listened to it a couple times. And there's some cuts on it that I think are pretty pretty solid pretty standout but again they can hadn't quite found their sound uh vocally they especially vocally i think that was the biggest shift in the whole thing as they went from kind of one bit more snotty kind of uh english pop or english punk and less american pop and then they added that influence of the american side you know the the blink 182s or the um trying to think of some other ones without saying green day because i don't care for green day but you know, some of the other uh, American pop punk bands that were out there that um, didn't have nearly as much swearing, which I think gives them still that edge that they, I guess, were hoping for. Makes it hard to listen to if you have kids, but <laughs> depends on, I guess, on how you're raising your kids. Uh, but anyway, once once that album came out, they the guys left their jobs, made this a full-time thing, and, uh, you know, quit college, quit work, and went ahead and started going on tour and then in 2015, Life Sent Out to Get You came out, and apparently uh, one of the guys, we'll leave his name out of it just for, out of respect, but uh, one of the guys in the band left due to allegations of sexual misconduct. Now, what exactly that means, I'm not 100% sure, but um, I'll just say it was the founding guitarist, just the guy that uh, got let go. So... I was kind of looking here to see if I could find online somewhere what had happened. And I probably should have really like done my research on that. I'm doing pretty good though. Usually I'm, I'm not nearly this prepared, but, um, it says here they won an award as best British newcomer, uh, on the Kerrang awards in 2014. That's pretty solid. I mean, Kerrang is, uh, 
well, now everybody thinks of it in terms of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but back in the day when I was a kid, Kerrang! was a metal mag that uh, you could buy off the rack and uh, solid. I said solid again. Man, I am really just in a weird place, headspace right now. It's been a busy, busy weekend. Um, but here's some other comparisons that I think are pretty accurate. Uh, Newfound Glory, The Wonder Years, don't uh, early Green Day. Okay, you want to talk about the first like two albums, maybe the third one, um, like up to Dookie. We'll leave Dookie as the last good album that Green Day made. Um, I think that's maybe pretty accurate. But uh, the Des- the Descendants, yeah, good stuff. But you know what I love about this, and I think what is kind of interesting, which I, I made the joke at work the other day that. You know, there's Tim Westergren and Pandora, who's a, a friend of of mine, and uh, well, not personally, but I've chatted with him on several occasions on the Awful Show back in the day. Um, you know, there's that the Music Genome Project, where they created a, a a way of when you tell the Pandora Radio what song or that you want to listen to or what band you're into. And they play, you know, that particular, like there's the Metallica station or the, the U station or the Taylor Swift. I couldn't think of her last name all of a sudden. You know, then, they, it, then it takes that, it pulls out certain aspects of the music, plugs it into a big, like, virtual thing and spits out other artists that are similar, either in sound or style or, you know, just picking up on certain things in the music that then is also translated into these other artists. And I've used Pandora before um, and found that it's it's pretty accurate. But where I'm going with this is that uh, I made a joke at work the other day that I was the human Pandora because, uh, you know, I'll listen to something and, and I will go out and I will be able to find other things that are similar or I'll be able to pick up on things that make them sound, you know, alike. And I think that's why a lot of people gravitate towards the music they do. And I think that's why Pandora is kind of this really really ahead of its time sort of thing because you know there was a point where you'd listen to stuff you're like oh, i like that but why did you like this other song what was it about the the next song or the other band that really made you like it it wasn't just because necessarily that, that one song spoke to you lyrically or that the the it, it's these little things that everybody has differently and everybody hears stuff differently and everybody, you know, has certain things that, that make them feel or think differently. And so, you know, Pandora is, is excellent for that. And uh, I'm pretty proud of the uh, ability I've had with doing that sort of thing. Not honking my own horn because that sounds like I'm masturbating, which I'm not. But anyway, what I was going to say was that Ben Barlow, who's the vocalist, uh, states that a data remember is one of the massive influences on the band. And I'm a huge data remember fan. If you listen to the show with any great length or a time, you will have remembered that, uh, you know, I started listening to them back uh, when Trailerized Janitor recommended them to me at one point, fell in love and have been a fan ever since. And Common Courtesy, their last album, is one that I will go to on a regular basis because it's just solid. Again, there I go, uh, solid, saying solid. Apparently it's the 70s and I should be living in downtown New York. But it just, another band that, uh, a bit of cursing, a lot of screaming. Sometimes it turns flat out into just uh, just metal. And other times it's real pop punk and fun and, and has a lot going on. So I think that's a pretty a pretty cool comparison I, and uh, a bit of praise too. I don't know that I would have put them in the same category because Neck Deep is not nearly as uh, loud, soft, screamy, but I really dig the fact that that was even mentioned. So if you like what you hear, check it out. Uh, I would definitely recommend picking up their older stuff. Just be prepared for something a little different than what you're getting on this album because, uh, you know, with every good artist and one that uh, is trying to hone their craft and become better, they're always going to have some stylistic changes across their career that's going to make them be able to survive and stand out. And that's why I don't think anybody ever sells out. They just become famous. So I'll leave you on that note. Let's go and jump into the next song. It is called Lime Street. This is the exclusive version of it, the acoustic version, which is only available through um, a special version that you had to pick up directly. Uh, it's not like it's the one that was on the album. This is uh, the one on the album is full, full on band with all the guitar, bass, drums. This is strictly the kind of 
uh, like I said, acoustic version. And I really, really like the two songs that I picked out that were uh, exclusive to this album because they're acoustic versions of songs you can get on the album in the full band version. And I think it actually improves the song and made me appreciate it that much more. And I'll have to apologize. Um, I may not be able to hit the button right now because my right hand has decided to claw up and stop working. Uh, Yes, I suffer from, uh, well, arthritis for one, but tendonitis I think is still lingering and who knows, maybe a little carpal tunnel for fun. But anyway, there it goes. So (laughs) Lime Street, the acoustic version by Neck Deep, and we'll be back in just a few. Street, the acoustic version by Neck Deep. And if you like that, check out the full band version because it's just as good. Uh, legitimately, it's just as good. But when I heard the two versions that are on the end of the album as the extra bonus tracks, there's three actually, um, they take one of their acoustic songs and turn it electric and vice versa. It just really brought out the certain nuances of the song that I think are not lost in the other version. But, you know, you listen to Blink-182 and when they're not singing about, you know, masturbating and whatnot they do have some songs that are have some pretty intense kind of inflection inflection that's not the word i'm looking for introspective lyrics that's the word i'm looking for that make you kind of think about things in a a different way and internalize it so i think these songs kind of bring out that aspect of them so anyway i just now i'm singing that song in my head even though i haven't listened to it because in case you didn't know i don't play the songs live for those of you who are uh, podcasters out there, I 
record on Audacity and then I uh, put all the music together on a separate Audacity file that I then merge them together and edit everything together, add the, the music bed underneath my voice and then throw it out there too after I kind of adjust levels. But uh, So the music is not played at all. I'm not listening to it at this point in time, but I've listened to it enough that I can sing the entire songs in my head. As I'm talking to you right now, I'm actually singing it in the background. So I've got music on as I'm doing the show, kind of. So anyway, I, the, something that I talked about actually last night on the show and I've talked about a couple times, I don't think maybe twice on air now, but never really on my own is Deadpool. Now, I'm sure everybody's sick to death of hearing about it. Everybody's seen it. Everybody's had their you know two cents. They've, I don't know, they, they, they've, they've had their chance and they've probably moved on to the next thing that's that's coming out but i remember when uh i heard that wade wilson was going to be in the uh, x-men origins movie and i got really excited because i'm like oh man deadpool that's gonna be pretty cool just because i'm not real familiar with the character but i knew that ryan reynolds was excellent casting for it because i knew that he was you know snarky and smarmy and merc with a mouth and i just it seemed like a logical step plus i knew that he was interested in playing the character and was excited about it so then I saw the movie and I was like, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> uh, which I think was everybody's collective groan. But let's rewind a bit to about 1991 when I was um, still collecting comics. I was a, a big X-Men fan, uh, was raised on the, the Chris Claremont years of X-Men. I was um, a huge fan of, well, I don't want to say, I wasn't a McFarlane fan or not McFarlane, Liefeld fan. Uh, but I was a fan of uh, Marvel and a lot of what they were doing with uh, the titles around that era when uh, um, Liefeld, McFarland, uh, Eric Larson, Ron Lim, uh, of course, John Romita Jr. and, and the, John Byrne. And some of those guys were kind of transitioning and there was a lot of ch- change. There was a lot of artistic changes that were coming and it was it was a really kind of renaissance time for comics. But um, I remember picking up New Mutants 98, and in that issue, it came out in 1991, on the cover, it featured Deadpool, who was this mercenary that had been hired to to come and do some damage. Well, the character was kind of a throwaway character, in a way. Um, looked kind of cool, looked like Spider-Man with guns, sort of. Uh, but, you know, typical Liefeld, out of proportion, tiny feet, giant muscles, lots of pouches everywhere, and it just... It was kind of a, his art was really nonsense. And if you ever go online and do some searches for some Liefeld sites that kind of poke fun at it, it's pretty, pretty spot on stuff. It's funny. But anyway, um, character came out. It was kind of a throwaway. The issue, I have it. I bought it off the rack. I've been holding on to it, thinking about if I ever need to, you know, get a little bit of money in a hurry. It's, it's, it's a, it's in the bank, you know, it's a solid thing that I could sell pretty easily. But I was like, you know, if I ever want to do it probably about the time Deadpool comes out is a good time to do it because the iron will be hot. Um, But I just, I can't bring myself to do it. And I don't know that I really want to because I, um, back when I was a kid, I saved up my money and Mile High Comics in Colorado. Was it Colorado? No. Yes, it was. I I was, we were going through Colorado on a trip, I believe. And now I'm going to probably, no, 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 not Colorado. Uh -uh, Back up. This was uh, Montreal, Canada. And I, there was a guy that used to advertise in the comics all the time that uh, you know sold comics and you could buy them by mail order. Well, I was going to be going in town and made connection and, and uh, wanted to purchase the first issue of Daredevil, Daredevil being my favorite Marvel hero. Well, uh, at the time, I saved my money and it was 200 bucks. Bought it, cherished it, loved it one of my favorite things, one of my most prized possessions. And I just at one point, um, uh, after I was an adult, uh, to, so to speak, 22 or so, um, needed money. And the only thing I had that I could really sell was that. So like a big dumb idiot, I got onto eBay, had no other knowledge of how to use a site, nobody else to really give me guidance, gave myself a brief tutorial on how to you know uh, get the pictures, post it, set the reserve, do all the things that I needed to do to to sell it online, because I figured that's the way I could get the most money. Because if I went to a comic shop, I know they've got overhead. Excuse me, I'm losing my voice all of a sudden. 
they've got overhead, they've got to make money on it. I understand how how the retail market works. So I knew that I wasn't going to get as much as if I sold it on my own. So put it online, waited for the bids to come in, uh, got some decent bids, but never really hit the amount that I wanted to get. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just going to have to, uh, you know, hold off or extend it or whatever to try and see if I could get more out of it. Because at that point it had gained in, in value quite a bit. You know, it had been I don't know, 10 years since I bought it and it had been very well taken care of. So I know I'm I'm, not, I'm really talking about Deadpool right now. I promise. <laughs> so um, final bid on it was like 600 bucks, and uh, the guy that bid on it, uh, you know, I didn't realize that <clears throat> whatever I was supposed to set to not just sell it at any number that it had to be at a certain number, otherwise it wasn't going to be sold. I hadn't apparently set that up like I thought I had. So the sale was done. Uh, it's basically a binding contract. And if you ever used eBay, at least back in the day, I don't know if it's still the way, uh, once the deal is done, you're, you're on the hook. You either sell the book or you're in a lot of trouble. So uh, I tried to talk to the guy, tried to work out something to, to uh, not have to relinqu- relinquish the book, but he was a complete dickhead and, and uh, said that he you know, was going to get the book and I didn't have a choice in it. I had to sell it to him. So went out and he gave me one out. He said, if, if the book is not in the condition that I, I need it to be in, then I will release you from, you know, having to sell it. So I went and he bought it because it was in nice shape. It was near mint. And so that was the last time I saw it. And now of course it's jumped up in value three, four, seven, eight times, 10 times a lot. It's pretty valued now. So I'm never going to get one again. I'm never going to have that kind of money. I, I know this. I'm not ever going to be a guy that has a lot of money. So I, I'm never going to have it. Well, here I've got this issue of New Mutants 98. Bought it off the rack. Had it forever. And it's not like one of my most cher- cherished possessions in any way, shape, or form. But I'm proud that I have it. And so here's this opportunity where the movie comes out to sell it, make some money, and use that money for something I need right now. But then I'm going to look back on it, I think, and wonder if I'm going to feel the same way that I did about this. Well, anyway, moving forward. So then I went ahead and as the character got some legs and uh, the writers kind of brought out the the backstory and, and the, the personality and everything that makes Deadpool who he is now, I, you know, bought a couple issues later on, part of the four-part, I think it was four-part miniseries. He's had a lot of different series. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of dug it, but it just by that point I was getting out of comics, so I phased out. And the character really became what he is now after I'd left uh, the world of collecting. So, you know, I, he became like a mainstay of conventions. He's probably the most cosplayed character on the planet. I'm not quite sure why. I guess maybe because you can be anonymous when you're dressed up like that and you get to be a cocky, smarmy kind of in your face dude. But everybody dresses up as Deadpool, it seems like. And I'm sure it's going to be 20 times worse the next time I go to Gen Con in, in, uh, in early August. So, anyway. Roll forward some more time. I've heard a lot of good things about the character. It's just hugely popular. Everybody loves him. So then I hear that, uh, you know, after the debacle that was Wolverine X-Men Origins or X-Men Origin Wolverine, which the movie itself is not terrible. Just, I mean, it's not great, but the portrayal of, of Wade Wilson is terrible. So I hear that uh, Ryan Reynolds is petitioning to have another go at the character. And I'm all for it because the dude, like I said, was it's it is it's the hero he was born to play. He was born to be Deadpool, and he 100% committed, loves the character, and I was any way, shape, or form, let's make this happen. So about two years ago, not quite a year ago, maybe I don't remember how long ago it was. There was a, a, a test footage that came out, and it was just a couple minutes of of Deadpool animated um, fighting some dudes in a truck on a freeway. And that was it. And it was basically to kind of pitch the concept that this could be a realistic uh, character. This could be a real movie. And what was amazing about it is is that Ryan Reynolds was the voice. And at that point, everybody saw what those of us who came from the world of comics and knew who he was and knew the character and, and knew what the potential was, saw what all of us were seeing, even though we hadn't ever seen footage. So this footage 
became such a huge deal that next thing you know, they're making a full length movie. And here we are now almost, if not the biggest R rated grossing film of all time. I mean, this thing came out of the gate. Like it was <laughs> freaking star Wars seven. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's amazing to me even to see how much support and how much love it has. And I don't know whether it's because it's just perfect storm, you know, right actor, right director, right time, right story, whether it's uh, the character itself has enough, you know, cachet as it were to carry it off, whether it's, it's Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I don't know. It's, I think the marketing people on this were absolutely genius and are going to deserve like a Pulitzer prize or not Pulitzer Nobel prize. I don't know. One of those prizes for being awesome. (laughs) Um, but I, you know, I went and saw it and it was everything I wanted it to be pretty much. I mean, I think it was, it was almost, uh, everything that I could have imagined and hoped for. And then, and even more, and, and even Rob Liefeld was in it. He was all in proportion. Unfortunately, I was hoping he was going to be out of proportion, but uh, you know, I, I think it's going to launch itself to at least one more sequel. We'll see if it goes in much beyond that. I don't know how, um, how long you can carry that character without kind of getting a little too, uh, off the wall, but who knows? I've been wrong before. I'm probably be wrong about Jared Leto, Leto as the Joker. But anyway, if you um, don't mind a lot of swearing, a lot of really filthy humor, and a superhero that's not all that super, meaning not uh, in a good guy kind of way, then go check it out. It's it's pretty damn great. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into the next song from Neck Deep. Uh, this one is called Kalima. And if you are not familiar with uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, then you're not familiar with Kalima. Perhaps you're in, uh, familiar with Indian um, uh, religion. I don't know what it's a he's a, there's a there's a a god or something in, in the Indian religion that also goes by the name Kalima. But anyway, this is this one is in reference to the dude in uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Listen to the lyrics. You'll you'll catch it. But uh, we'll be back in just a few.
That was Kalima by Neck Deep. And yes, I was singing that one in my head too as I was waiting for there to be enough silence that I would be able to mark when I took a song break. That's how I do this. So if you ever want to know how I podcast, this is the episode for you to learn that. Maybe I should do a show about doing a show. Is that too meta? I might create a paradox. I don't know why it's a paradox. And Do you have to have two boats for that? Anyway, so the last thing I wanted to talk about was our friendly neighborhood religious organization that I drive by every day. Once again, had posted something a couple weeks ago, which I was supposed to do a show, by the way, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, a while ago. And due to things that were going on in life, it didn't happen. Um, So I apologize about that. I should have said something on the Facebook page, but I didn't. Um, Yes, there is a Facebook page for this show. I think I mentioned earlier uh, for the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, KPANTS. But anyway, uh, they had posted on there, um, you know, what's your reward? And I was thinking about it. And I know they're talking about heaven, of course. God forbid that they'd be talking about anything else. Yes, I said that. But... Um, you know, they're referring a, an eternal reward. Well, I, I'm thinking more of an, on a logical kind of down to earth sort of idea, which is, you know, like we talked about on another show about smoking and on vices that, you know, smoking, whereas, you know, nicotine is addictive, but it's all more about a reward system. You know, you do something you have a cigarette. You eat dinner, you have a cigarette. You take a drive, you have a cigarette. You go down to the White Hen Pantry, you have a cigarette. It's a reward system. So, you know, in this case, I think what what I was kind of putting it in terms of is kind of what's your motivation, even more so as a better way to ask that question. What drives you? What gets you to accomplish tasks? What gets you to clean your house or to go to work every day? Or what gets you to podcast? Or what gets you to uh, write another chapter in the book that you're writing, the great American novel or the not so great American novel. You know, what is it that that moves you towards reaching your goals? Because not everybody is a finisher. Some people are a procrastinator. Some people are a strong starter, but can't finish. Some people um, are constantly finishing things. I have a friend of mine who is starting work on his third novel. I have another friend of mine that is uh, a, a pretty decently well-known uh, artist artist author of you know teenage junior what's the word that like not like harry potter like the twilight books like young adult that's the word i'm looking for like a young adult uh horror writer and so i mean i know people that are able to do it i'm one of those people that is pretty good like i i generally finish things i start but they're with creative endeavors like writing it's a little harder because it's a bit more commitment than I have sometimes long term. But, you know, what what ultimately gets you to reach that goal? So like for me, like um, going to work, of course, the reward is you get paid. Um, and some people, even that's not <laughs> enough to get them to go to work. They don't want to adult. But, you know, for me, like if if I have a job to do, let's say I need to clean the house. So for me, my reward is once I'm done cleaning the house, number one, my mind can finally get at ease. I can find peace because I can sit down and look around and know that the house is clean and I feel like I've accomplished something. So that in and of itself is a reward. But then on top of that, you, you know, maybe have a snack or your favorite meal or a movie that you've been dying to watch. You've been putting off because you didn't feel like you were really in a good spot because you've been putting off all these things that needed to be done. And for a long time, I lived by the model that, you know, you do what you have to do to do what you want to do. I kind of changed that a little bit over the years because it was a little too kind of like, I don't know, it felt a little, little too harsh. But it's, it's, a, it's a realistic thing to say because if you don't do the things you have to do, eventually you're not going to be able to do the things you want to do. If you don't go to work and you don't make money, then you don't get to go out and buy stupid shit or buy food or own a home or anything that you need either to live or things that you just need because you want to have fun. Um, so for me, I, I'm always kind of giving myself an, an end goal. And a lot of times it's just OCD and, and wanting to finish something. Um, but you know, since I get so little time in the day to myself to watch movies or record or, um, do the things that I, I want to do, um, write, uh, read, which I don't read a lot, but, uh, listen to music, you know, all those things. I, I don't have a lot of time for that. So, um, 
by the end of the day, if I've done all the things I have to do, then I get about two hours or so to myself to really just kind of do what I want, whether it's uh, watch a movie or it's, uh, sorry, I got distracted by some noises that were happening upstairs. I'm not quite sure what that was. Anyway, so where was I? Oh, yes. Uh, so I get to the end of the day, get the two hours, do the things I want to do. And it never seems like enough time. But, you know, as things progress, I think soon I'm going to have more time to be able to do some things I want to do. But, uh, you know, there's all these things that I, I want to accomplish in this life. And so for me, there's lots of things that I can use as a reward um, in order to do the things that I have to do on a daily basis to get to that point, whether it's the dishes or it's cleaning or it's making lunches for the next day or it's going grocery shopping. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I want to do in this life. Uh, I wouldn't call it a bucket list, but there's a ton of stuff that I have that I want to accomplish. Um, you know, I've I've been published, but I'd like to be published on a, on a legitimate bigger scale. Um, you know, I've been podcasting for 10 years. Am I looking for recognition for it? No. But, you know, it'd be nice to have a little bit more success for some of the people that I am podcasting with that I feel deserve that or that, you know, have worked just as hard as I have and to get to that point. And I've already kind of had that to some degree prior to that. So, you know, for me, that's a a goal Um, to be able to just go out and buy like a movie even once a month. (laughs) <laughs> would be amazing for me. I'm, I'm a simple guy, simple pleasures. I don't ask for much. Uh, you know, being able to occasionally buy a, a t-shirt or a pair of pants if I need them, which I desperately need pants right now, uh, get a pair of shoes, go out and eat at my favorite restaurant, which I don't know what that is, but go get some nice food. Uh, go see a movie once in a while, uh, like Deadpool. That was a reward. Um, there's There's so many things that I have on my list of things that I want to do that there's never and a not something that would be something to look forward to or a goal to get to that point. Um, owning my own home done accomplished uh, as long as I can pay my taxes, which still is in question how I'm going to pay the rest of those, but you know, it'll happen. I've, I, I believe that. And so anyway, I really don't know where I was going. I, that, whatever it was that was going on upstairs has completely thrown me off. And so now I'm lost. I'm floundering. I'm trying to find my way back. And long and the short of it is, is it's not a bad thing to have a reward system. Maybe not for things that you <laughs> shouldn't be doing in the first place. Like, you know, Hey, if I get this house clean, I'm going to go shoot up a bag of heroin. Yeah. Let's not make that your reward uh, because that's going to take you to a different place. It's not very rewarding. Uh, but you know, just finding things and it doesn't have to be anything big. I mean, if you want to go spend $800 on a, on a, I don't know, a pair of pants or a, a stereo system or whatever, that's fine. If you got the money, have at it, go have fun. But I don't, I, I, I barely have enough money to, to get by, but I do the best I can. And when I get a little extra, I will occasionally even get something for myself. It's just not as much as I'd like, but such is life. I'm happy to live. I'm happy to have friends and family and people that I love and be able to do this show. And really, honestly, that's more than enough for me. Uh, Everybody else can have all the extra stuff. So let's go ahead and jump into the next song. This is one that uh, is another one that I think is uh, um, one of my favorites on the album currently, which they kind of shift here and there. But uh, this is Can't Kick Up the Roots. It's the acoustic version. And if you are ever a person or if you've ever been a person who is from a hometown that you've kind of grown to dislike or disdain because you feel like you're trapped or it's not good enough for you or it's just not the what it should be, this is a great song for that. And I think like Rockford, for example, gets a really bad rap. And even though I'm not from here, it's home and it will be home. I, I, I'm not going anywhere unless once my kids are grown, I decide to sell my house and move back to Colorado, which is a possibility. You never know. But um, it's it's become my home and it's where my roots are now. And this song speaks really um, volumes to that. So check it out. And uh, yeah, let me know what you think about all of this when you're done. I think if you haven't been a fan yet, you'll be a fan soon. So anyway, Can't Kick kick Up the Roots, the acoustic version by Neck Deep. And we'll be back to close out the show. (laughs) 
acoustic version by neck deep and apparently the uh, version that i can't say it's hard to say those words and he sings them so anyway so thank you very much for joining me this has been another episode of the sunshine happy pants hour episode 173 if you'd like to find me you can find me on facebook.com just look up joel happy pants hour k-p-a-n-t-s you can also find this show there just look up the sunshine happy pants hour uh shoot me an email at joelhappypants at gmail.com uh find me on twitter at joelhappypants and uh, the show is available weekly through iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and PodDirectory.com, as well as other fine podcasting places that have absconded my show somehow. But not Blueberry. Yeah, not Blueberry. Uh, also, check out my other shows, uh, 40 Going on 14 uh, at 40go14.com, iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Blueberry, and streaming Saturdays at noon on Geek Life Radio. To find us on Facebook, uh, send us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com, voicemail 708, now wrap that 708-669-9727, or shoot, shoot us a Twitter feed, twit, tweet, I don't know what the hell I'm saying upper class twitter of the year um at 40go14.com also check out the coffin joe cast uh, find us on itunes talk to libsyn and stitcher uh send us an email at coffin at gmail.com find us on facebook or uh voicemail 661-434-5956 at 661-434-kwjo and if you would like to be a third co-host on the show like dennis was this last week and jeremiah will be next week then um shoot me an email or voicemail or something on facebook let me know i do all the scheduling for the show and we'd love to have you so uh if you've ever wanted to be on a podcast but don't have the means the wherewithal of the know-how or if you have your own show you want to promote or just want to come on and hang out uh you are always welcome all you need is skype and a and uh, a way to talk on it also uh check out my writings on the creepercast.com i uh, can check out my movie reviews my top 10 lists my other various things and uh find us on facebook just look up the creeper cast check out the podcast which is available through uh, itunes and other places and again creepercast.com i'm not on the podcast but uh, jason jeff and mike do a great job so if you like horror go check it out all the music tonight was provided to us by neck deep themselves if you are a fan go buy the music directly from them or uh support your local record store pick it up there on vinyl or cd and uh definitely i'm telling you you will not regret it. If you like the six songs you hear in here, you're going to like it. 
Um, check out my blog at a momentary lapse with joel.blogspot.com or go to Facebook and look up my uh, online comic strip that is defunct. Uh, Gregory the Really Angry Robot. Uh, check it out. And uh, the last song we're going to hear after the outro is Rock Bottom by Neck Deep. It's uh, the last song on the album, the the non-exclusive tracks album. And it uh, just really kind of sums up um, kind of something that, that happened today. I was looking through my On This Day app on Facebook. And if you're not familiar with that app, it uh, basically tells you things that have happened over the history of your life on Facebook. And since I've been on here since, I don't know, been like eight years now nine years maybe longer at this point um however long it's been out i was on a year or so after it became a thing uh, today was the day that i went and i should have talked about this earlier but i it was the day that i went for an evaluation at a mental hospital ended up uh, going inpatient and ended up going back a second time later on but it was a, a huge turning point in my life in a lot of ways, not just uh, mentally, not just physically, but uh, there were other things that came of it that uh, are still kind of coming back around in positive and negative ways. So anyway, uh, the, the, that song really kind of speaks to, um, you know, finding that rock bottom and then coming back. So before I lose, start losing my voice again, which is going to happen, <clears throat> excuse me, whether I like it or not, I'll just leave you with this, that uh, do what you have to do to do what you got to do and uh, find your reward. It's a great motivator. So as long as it's not heroin. Love you guys. <laughs> See you next week, kids. She is too young. Oh, like that's ever stopped you before? You know what? That is a very, very good point. <laughs> Dancing on the grave you made to hide me. Remove the pictures from the wall because they're reminding. You are both the things you try so hard to hide. And she digs the grave. She knows just where she can find it And I don't have much to offer But had you loved me I'd have loved you back forever Here I am again, rock bottom Thought this old to hell rotten Shouldn't have ignored my friends Afraid the world that they dropped in Here I lay again, rock bottom What was my fault? I've forgotten how the sun felt on my skin
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.